Oh, yeah, here we go for the Friday show. I am stoked to be backing it up here on Supercross Eve. Putting a fork in this week and moving on to the weekend. And it is going to be a little different this weekend. If you are a Supercross fan, you can join us tomorrow at 10 a.m. early as hell. If you want to watch qualifying tomorrow, it starts sometime in the 6 a.m. hour Pacific time. That's because somebody, the Supercross is a numb nuts. I think it has everything to do with the fact that the races are not only going to be shown on the Peacock, they will be on regular NBC Sports broadcast as well, and that's probably the time they had. So this race is starting really, really early. 3 o'clock for you East Coasters, noon for us out here on the West Coast. Our coverage starts two hours before, so 10 a.m., unless I call an audible and say 11 a.m. We don't need two hours of pre-show because Stretch needs to sleep. We'll see if I get Henri and decide that on Saturday, but as of now, get ready for a 12 o'clock gate drop and a 10 o'clock pre-show right here on the Big 4-9. Speaking of motocross, we are going to beat you over the head with moto today as we always do on Fridays. We're going to put the entire 250 podium up in moments. We will talk to Jet Lawrence. And then after that, we will talk to Mr. Levi Kitchen. And then after Levi, we'll get a rerun from RJ Hampshire yesterday. And then we'll rerun that Jet Lawrence interview coming up at the end. We are in the uh, final couple of races for Jed. He's not racing this weekend because it's back to the east. We'll see Brother Hunter. So it'll be nice to get Jed on here as he is riding surely to a 250 West championship. And then he'll have to battle his brother in the East-West showdown in Utah at the very end of the season. But that's only five races away. So Supercross kind of winding down. Everybody's gearing up for the outdoor motocross season. I would feel a lot more in the spirit of motocross, if you would, if it would warm the F up and stop effing raining and being drizzly and having Seattle weather in Los Angeles. But hey, we need the water. You suck my ass. Stop with the water already. I'll take an effing drought. That's what I'll do. I'll take. I'll dig a well in my yard if I have to. Stop. The rain is ridiculous at this point. Besides moto, 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 moto today, which I am going to just kill you with, I got some stories as well. I got one what I think is BS, and I'm the only person that's going to call BS on this story. It's a lady that uh, someone called and said, uh, we've got your kid. Here's your kid. All right. And the kid said, Mommy, help me. And then she's like, lay back down. And now this lady, I think, is a massive BS liar. I think she got conned, and now she's trying to say, oh, no, 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 they really high-tech conned me. And I think it's BS, and no one's calling BS on this. They even got the FBI involved in this, and I'm calling BS on this. She got conned by a regular old scam that they get old ladies on. And she's trying to claim it was super high-tech, and then they brought in all these experts on this stupid article to defend her, and I'll rip that apart. It's what I do. I tear people down. It makes me feel better about myself. God. And then I got some dumb shittery stories. A couple of good dumb shittery stories. One out of Japan where we don't normally have that kind of stuff. You, usually we get that out of Florida. No, but I got one here in America coming out of Connecticut, not Florida. And I have one coming out of Japan where two numbnutses are in big trouble. So I'm also going to tell you about the freaking story going on with the Washington Commanders in the Entertainment. I've got moto, 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 moto. I got a whole lot of crap, so 
We're going to get into all of this. Let's do this. Let's take a moment. We will come back. We will talk to Jet Lawrence. Right after Jet Lawrence, we'll get into some dumb shittery news. And then uh, we'll blow it wide open on this Friday. And you know what else Fridays mean here at the 49? LCR. Last Chance Radio coming on at 3 o'clock. Moto Man. Going to have some bookie LBZ Kyle in the house with him. And they will get down and play some rock and roll for you. And they will talk moto as well. So we have got it for you all damn day here on a Friday. It is the Big 49. And to prove it, we get Jed Lawrence up here next. One of my favorite Aussies in the world. We'll do that right after this. Big Fortnite. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Look for Cooper Webb of that Red Bull KTM team to come out Saturday in Atlanta looking for some redemption after his worst finish of the year at Glendale last weekend. Coop, who's always on the podium, was not last weekend, and judging by his Instagram post this week, he's ready to finger-bang some people with the old finger guns. I did notice this. This is, I swear, my takeaway from Instagram this week. Coop typically posts everything with either country music or some classic rock, and this week everything has been straight-up hip-hop angry music, and that shows me he's getting ready to go gangsta in the ATL on Eli Tomac for taking his red plate. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is the Stretch Show, and right now we are sitting down with HRC Honda's Jet Lawrence, who has got the red plate in the 250 West Division. You're a defending 250 Supercross champion, defending 250 Motocross champion. You've done everything there is to do in the 250 class, which is why you're moving on up this summer to the 450s. But until tonight, the Triple Crown had eluded you. You had not done that. And now, congratulations, my man. You have got that monkey off your back. How good does it feel to finally get a Triple Crown victory at this point in your career? Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it feels great. It's it's also really cool because Hunter won here last year. I'm pretty sure on the Triple Crown. So uh, yeah. it um it feels good. I'm super pumped to yeah to finally get one done and lift that curse. So uh, <laughs> we're a little late. I had to do a drug test. So I hope we pass that. Ah, but yeah. um hopefully fingers crossed. I'm pretty sure we get. So uh but nah, it definitely feels good. Yeah, and by the way, and what people don't know is the press conference got started late because Jet was not, it's like, we're sitting here like, where's Jet, where's Jet? And apparently they had Jet in the back doing a drug test, which is weird. Like, I don't know what, what would happen on a dirt bike. Like, I don't think juicing would really help you. What kind of performance enhancing? I appreciate that they do it and they keep everybody honest, but uh, uh, kind of weird. So, all right, let's get, let's get back to the lecture at hand, Jet. Here you are. You get out in your first main. You're out front. You're leading. You're doing your thing. And then, bam, we get a red flag. Did you feel like, ah, oh, crap, like, you know, the, the fix is in. I'm going to get screwed on a triple crown. Or was it like no big deal? We just reset and, and do what we were doing. Um, it's not too, big, too much of a big deal. I was just more right. bummed. I'm like, damn it, I got, finally got a good start again. Yes. So uh, we're not <laughs> – it's a they're kind of going back for a few minutes and going in. It's not too bad. It's only like two or three laps in, so yeah. 
it uh, wasn't wasn't too bad. Doesn't phase me much. So I was just glad to get another good jump and a good start. So uh, yeah. Yeah, and and what becomes the most important thing at that point? Like, how do you get out of your own head? Like, you did have to have a really good start. You were out in the front. You got a couple laps in. Then and then now we got to reset. Uh, is is it hard to? I guess is it harder? Being in the front is is that is that a tougher restart for you? Um, no, not really. It's kind of just uh, just make sure I focus on hitting my lines and this yeah. uh, kind of. I already got to see the track and race, so I know most of my lines are races. So kind of if I get out front, this hit those marks and just make sure I can get a bit of a safety bumper and out of the carnage. All right, and uh, more importantly than lines and the bike being, you know, completely tiled in and everything is uh, your riding gear, your outfits, because I noticed something. You were like the dude changing outfits before every single heat race, and the one you had on to start with, I recognized from uh, one of the Anaheim races this year. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, he wore this before because I got a picture of you down uh, on the track getting ready to warm up, and you had that same one on. So what was going on with your gear tonight? Yeah, so uh, the tactic was just maybe if I wear some gear I've won in before, might give us a little <laughs> bit of an extra boost maybe or something. Nice. So um, okay. in the first one it worked, but second yeah. one, uh, RJ and Levi just got a, got ahead of me. I didn't didn't have my stuff sorted that early the, in the race, so I, those yeah. guys ended up creeping away a bit. But um, and then the last one was the actual gear I was supposed to run for, for this round. So it... Yeah. Um, Okay. I mean, maybe it worked out a little bit. Maybe I just actually <laughs> finally sorted my stuff out to get a triple crown with my starts and that. Nice. So uh, we're going to go with maybe it's the gear. Hopefully. All right. We'll see, uh, see how that goes. All right. And, and then, like we said, this was the last thing you hadn't won in the 250 division was a triple crown. Does that play into your mindset at all coming into this? Like, is there some baggage of, man, I don't do well at these? Or do you think about that? Or is it just, hey, it's another race. I've got to execute and I've got to win. Um, no, I it doesn't really change me mentally. It's just kind of like when I have the bad ones, it's like, oh, gosh, like another one. So it's, <laughs> it's not too yeah. too harsh on it really just kind of coming this one I was like I want to get that I had that little bit extra motivation because my last 251 yeah my brother won here last year so uh was one to win at the same stadium my brother did because there's a lot of stadiums that I've won at this year that Hunter has so yeah it's uh it's just kind of getting that checked off before I step up to 450. Yeah, and congratulations on that uh, great riding tonight. It was good to see you get that overall win and a triple crown for the first time in your career. And uh, speaking of your career, we're moving up to the 450s. Is there any talk at all with you and the team about if you wrap up this championship early of moving up and doing 450s for the last round to try to get one in? Or, you know, what are you guys going to concentrate on if you get this championship put away? Um, it hasn't really been discussed yet much, but if we do get it early, I think I'll, I'll most likely head on t on the outdoors, focus on that. That's at the bigger, bigger kind of picture right now for me. All right, All right Jet. Uh, we got one other cool thing before you ride off onto that 450 this summer, then, and that is going to be the East West Shootout, where the big showdown is really going to be you versus your brother. You guys are so parallel this year in your results in the 250 East and 250 West. Uh, is it exciting for you to get there and have that 250, you know, uh, shootout? Or is that just another one? Just another race is going to do what I do. Yeah, same what uh, RJ said, really. It's just kind of, it's a cool little showdown to see uh, who is, like, the, the better better coast. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an, always an exciting one because <laughs> we don't really get to race anyone until the the main event. So it's kind of, kind of exciting. So uh, we'll see how that goes and 
definitely looking forward to it. All right, uh, Mr. Jet Lawrence, congrats on the big win tonight. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Man, we appreciate you. Uh, best of luck to you in these final couple of rounds of your 250 career before you move up to 450s this summer. And, and even in the uh, playoffs, I know that you'll be on a 450. So enjoy your, your final days on uh, this 250 bike and – we will see you again, I guess, when you guys roll through Denver. Congrats again on the Triple Crown win. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Cowboy. Cowboy. Oh, man, it's time to get our dumb shittery on, as I promised. Shout out to Jet Lawrence. Cruising through to another 250 championship and heading off into the 450s this summer. A little more business to handle, but I got a feeling he'll be just fine as he wraps up his career on the 250s here. Uh, by the middle of May, it is done, and he is on to the big bikes. Right now, though, let's call this first one out. This is a story, and I know this because they... It's a scam, and they get old people, and a friend of the family got really nailed on this one, and it's where they basically call an old person, they get them on the phone, and they say, hey, we got your daughter, and then they got a girl there, and the daughter's like, mommy, mommy, help me, and then they snatch the phone away, and they say, you send this much money now, or she's, you know, we're going to kill her, or whatever, in this situation, it was a mom, she answered the phone, her daughter happened to be out of town, and she said she wasn't even going to answer the phone, and she did. It was an unfamiliar number, and the only reason she did is because her kid's out of town. And then, then then she said she hears her daughter say, Mommy, Mommy, help me, and blah, 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 blah. And the guy then says, put your head back down and lay down. And then he says, all right, I've got your kid, and if you don't give me a million dollars, I'm going to dump your kid full of drugs. I'm going to have my way with her, then dump her in Mexico so they can do what they want with her. Mom's like, I can't get you a million dollars. The mom's freaking out. The uh, guy says, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he gets it down to a little money. Well, while she's on the phone, she's around a bunch of her friends. And her friends start doing the detective work. Some guy's saying, I got your kid. One calls the cops. The other calls her husband. The husband's making phone calls. And then within moments, while she's still on the phone with this guy, she realizes it's a scam. But, and the FBI gets involved because if someone's talking about kidnapping, it's an entire issue. And, I, and I'm happy for all of that. And I'm happy this had a good uh, you know, resolution that the child was not kidnapped. It was just a scammer. The scammer didn't get any money from this family. And that's cool. But this mom then went on and said, no, it was my daughter. I, I know my daughter's voice. And it was my daughter. And so they get this article they write about this lady. And they say no it, it can happen deep fakes are already happening they can fake your voice i played a deep fake on the show this week when i played the tom brady stand-up comedy that wasn't tom brady that's a ai voice that sounded a hell of a lot like tom brady after listening to tom brady and it was able to do it however i don't think there's enough audio content of your kid online for them to be able to do that and to waste or to waste the time doing it it's not an easy process so, I, I don't want to jump out. I, I, I really don't believe this lady. I think she heard it was a girl. Now, the elderly person that is a family friend that got caught in this same scandal, they said, we have your granddaughter. And she said, I heard her say, Grandma, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, one of the big red flags is this kid doesn't call her 
Grandma Grandma. So she called her by, by she had another name that she called her. And and they're like, no, she said Grandma. Well, it's like, well, then you should have known it wasn't her. It wasn't her. But now if our friend was saying, no, it was her. I know it was her. You'd be like, yeah, all right, you're old. You, you're mistaken. This lady's a younger mom, so they're not... Um, they're not telling her she's full of crap when I'm going to sit here and tell you she's full of crap. It was not a deep fake. It's just a regular scam. They run this same scam day after day after day and keep running it because they keep getting people because it keeps working. And it catches you off guard when you hear the kid yell in the background and the kid's crying and acting like, they're hurting me, please help me. And then you're like, oh, she's off. I couldn't really tell. And you think that's what's going on. And... It's not. It's not a deep fake voice. They're not impersonating your kid. And I hate that the FBI got involved and they're like, yeah, this could totally happen. And they're telling how this could. And here's a warning. AI is now coming around to where we can do this and they can impersonate voices. Uh, there's great AI faked videos all over Instagram and social media of like President Biden, of former President Trump. There's stuff on there they never said. Now, granted, most of the stupid crap Biden said that. He he definitely said that. But all in all, deep fake isn't easy to do and someone's not going to have enough uh, content of your child or your you know sister or your wife or whatever to do a deep fake of their voice to put them on the phone with you. They also damn sure aren't going to be able to have it have any intelligent conversation with you. So what the experts say in this is no matter what, always ask to talk to the person and have a conversation with them, which they won't do, especially if it's deep fake, because the deep fake can't have a conversation with you and to ask a ton of questions like what's your uh, teddy bear's nickname? Yeah, I got that from man on fire right there. That's freaking Denzel. Denzel kicking ass. He shoved a bomb up a dude's ass in that movie for kidnapping his little kid. Love that movie. A great ass movie. But anyway. That's the point. Ask a lot of questions. Don't get, they want the money and you want more than anything. So whoever your family member or loved one is back safely. So ask questions. And if they are not willing to answer any questions, then you know you're being scammed. And hang up the phone and try to find that person and find out where they are. It's just freakishly, same thing happened in our, in our family friend situation. The, the kid was out of town that weekend when it happened. And they say, too, they do look at people's social media and they'll see, oh, this person's here. Let's call their parents and see what we can do. And, and, like, they're pretty smart, but I don't think they're using AI to impersonate voices yet. It's a nice scare tactic, and it's going to get parents freaked out by it. But just know. I know if I'm a kid and something happens and I got in trouble, I'm going to say, that wasn't me, Mom. That was AI. They faked it. They faked my voice. I'm going to lie like a guy till I die is what I'm going to do. So that's the start of my dumb shittery. Up next, let's talk a quick little conversation with our friend Levi Kitchen from the Star Racing Yamaha team. Got up on the podium last weekend in Arizona. Levi's been really good at triple crowns, and he's been phenomenal at starts. So we'll talk to him, and then we'll get back to uh, dumb shittery in the news. It's what we do here on a Friday. Getting ready. Fridays are going to roll out. I know Moto Man will be on with Kyle today. I know uh, Moto Man's going to talk to Bebek, and I'm going to listen very clearly to that to find out where the kettle chips are, because I need to know. I'm going to find out where's Moto Man, where are the kettle chips. He's trying to hide them from me. Bebek, he hides them from us. He puts them in like a vault somewhere where he uh, he hides uh, Will Christian. That's a whole nother topic of conversation, but we believe she's a hologram right now. She's a deep fake on the Supercross coverage because Moto Man has her somewhere in a basement. 
with all the kettle chips. I think Will's living on kettle chips. There you go. Here's something. Cat's out of bag on that one, I guess. <laughs> I'm stretch. It's the Big 49. Let's go, Levi Kitchen. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. The company that calls itself Triumph Racing has hired two real former moto racers to be their bike testers for next year's Super Motocross season and MXGP season over in Europe. The seasoned riders are Ivan Tedesco here in the USA and Clemente de Salle over in Europe. Now, the Triumph team is allegedly going to put 250 teams on the track next year, but like all Triumph announcements yesterday, they were just a couple dudes in Triumph t-shirts. There were never any actual dirt bikes shown. They say they have them, we've just never seen them. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up. One hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with a guy we've got to chat with in a little while. His name is Levi Kitchen. He is fast as F. He rides a star racing Yamaha and a friend of the 49. Always great to talk to you, Levi. Congratulations on having a really good night here in Arizona. And let's talk about tonight, man. You had some good starts out there in all three of them. Uh, walk us through uh, what made it, you know, get got you back on the podium tonight. Yeah, it was good, um, especially qualifying wasn't the greatest for me. So yeah. to come out and uh, I think I whole shot every main, so that yeah. was good. And, yeah, just put in good laps, and it was fun racing with RJ and Jet. They were riding really well. Yeah, and now uh, for you to get up here, Levi, tonight, it puts you third place overall in points for the West. And what would it mean to you to finish out the season on the podium? That's got to be a really good feeling to be in that spot right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely cool to jump up there. Um, I know third, fourth, fifth were all pretty tight, but uh, yeah, it's a good feeling. I mean, I would like to be a little closer, obviously. Um, yeah. But I've had some not so great rounds, so uh, overall, yeah, it'd be great to 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 get third and, and points this year. And third, and this is your first complete season of Supercross. Last year, you didn't come in for the whole season, so a major accomplishment for you. Like, What are your goals for the remainder of this season? I know we're all looking uphill at Jet at this point, but for you personally, what are your goals for the remainder of the season? I don't know. I, I definitely still want to win, obviously, yeah. uh, but to get a podium was nice, so... Uh... I'd rather be up on the podium than not. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what do you think has been the biggest growth for you this season? Like I said, your first full season racing Supercross, you've got some great results sitting at number three in the championship. Where do you think you've grown the most as a rider this season? Um, honestly, every race that I've got a good start has went pretty well for me. So yeah. I would say my starts when they're good is probably my biggest progress. And then also just being uh, – a little bit smarter and, and just, I don't know, taking the day a little slower. <laughs> All right. Uh, Levi, let's go into our final question here. We are approaching the very end for you guys racing in the 250 West class. Uh, we're going to go into that East-West shootout. Are you looking forward to the East-West shootout? Is it uh, like a big thing marked on the calendar, or is it just another race for you as a rider? I just look forward to uh I don't know, just racing my teammates. I want to beat them, obviously, just to know, give them some crap. But uh, I'm sure Jet wants to beat his brother as well. So 
It'll yeah. be fun. It will be fun. I can't wait for it to happen. Hopefully, we get to see you there beating the crap out of all your teammates. It's fun how fun it is to beat your friends. Like, I would rather beat my friends than a complete stranger, to be honest with you. So I totally understand that statement, man. Uh, congratulations on taking third place in the championship points tonight, getting on the podium and having a, a great, uh, another great triple crown for you. So we'll see you uh, next time the 250 West get together. Uh, best of luck to you. Until then, I am Stretch. This is the Big Four. 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Oh my God. It's a stretch show where dumb shittery lives. Right now, we're going to go to Japan and talk about dumb shittery. Not something we do very often because typically that doesn't happen there. I love Japan. I've been there. But I'm going to tell you what a dumb shittery stretch is because I just recorded this entire segment and this apparently never pushed record. This is my weird day. This is my 30, it's going to be I'm at like 31 or 32 hours right now of working three different jobs straight through. And this would be the third, well, actually the fourth, because I've done this job twice since I did the Thursday show since I last went to bed. And then I worked two other jobs, and now I'm doing the Friday show. And now, and then I'm going to go to bed. But I'm doing, I've, I'm effing up nonstop. Like, this has been what normally takes me, should take me X amount of time once I have everything set up to record is taking double that tonight because I'm so effing up. Because I am into dumb shittery today. But right now, let's go to Japan. Let's go to a wonderful place. I told you guys when I went there, I could live in Japan. I really, really liked it when I was there. Yet there's no stretch show listeners in Japan. I'm horribly offended by that. I don't know why they don't love uh, the Godzilla. The giant white Godzilla that walks around. I don't know. They did not show me love when I was in Japan. And they uh, uh, do not listen to the stretch show. They want nothing to do with my cracker ass freaking cracker ass cracker I think they're racist that's what I think they're very polite though and they're very clean I love that clean city of Tokyo that's where I went but right now let's go to Tokyo and let's talk about these two guys they rented a car they turned it in and then they left they said domo arigato and they walked out the door and they were gone and then sometime um, 30 40 minutes later a panic phone call came back to the car place and they said, hi, uh, we're the guys that just turned in the uh, rental car, blah, 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 last name, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yes, how could we help you? And they said, well, we left something in the car. They're like, oh, we'll get it for you and bring it up to the front desk. And they said, yeah, that's the problem. Here's what we need you to do. Let us come and get it. Whatever you do, don't look for it and do not open that car. And they're like, excuse me? They're like, yeah, it's kind of complicated, but just don't open the car. So what do you do? First thing you do is you go look and see what they're talking about. And then when you find it in the glove compartment where they told you it was, you realize it is something very illegal, so you call the authorities. Now the 5-0 is there, and they're waiting for these guys to show up to uh, search the car and reclaim what they left in the glove compartment. And you want to know what it was? They were in possession of two grams of marijuana. The marijuana don't play. It is very, very, very illegal in Japan. They do not mess. If you are an American and you had a marijuana conviction on your record, you were banned from entering Japan. They're like, yeah, we don't want your druggy ass here. Stay away. It's a big no-no. Well, somehow the 5-0 did some detective work after they arrested these guys. They both pled guilty to possession of marijuana. But then they are like, yeah, you guys aren't just in 
possession of marijuana. You guys are drug dealers. And then one of them's like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll plead guilty to that too. The other one's like, no, I'm going to trial. I'm not a drug dealer. They're accusing them of trying to sell the marijuana at a convenience store the night before. I, I don't know where those dots were connected, but apparently there's not a lot of weed in J- Japan. It's very hard to get. So there was some at a convenience store before and they think they were there. I think they were probably just smoking it. In fact, proof positive that these idiots were smoking the marijuana instead of trying to sell it is that they were stupid enough to leave it in the car when they turned it in. And they also were stupid enough and stoned enough to then call and return to get it when they should have just ran for the hills and you could have never proven it was them if they would have found it while cleaning the car or someone would have said, hey, I found weed in the glove compartment. A big bust in Japan. That would be like Moto Man uh, calling up the highway patrol lost and found and saying, hey, I was riding my Honda 70 with my giant Ninja Turtle backpack and I dropped a kilo and I was wondering if anybody turned it in. They'd say, why, yes, they did. Why don't you come down and get it? See, that's what would happen. Then Moto would be in trouble. And I'd be like, Moto, don't. That's a setup, bro. And you already lost a kilo, so we may have to kill you anyways. Like, just stay here. I would tell him. I would explain it to him. Kaiser Sozak, that's what I am. Yeah, and I'm not going to Japan and messing with no marijuana. I know that. So there you go. Dumb shittery is off and rolling. Coming up next... We will talk to our friend R.J. Hampshire from the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna. Got to be interesting to see what they do with R.J. this weekend. Is he going to raise 450s? We don't know yet. I imagine they're keeping it close to the vest. Everyone on their 450 team is down, and that's where the big money comes from in Supercross. And R.J. proved at Daytona this year he's he's a very capable rider on a 450. I would love to see him get out there and go for it. That would be really, really cool. However, think about it. If he has a crash, he gets hurt. He could screw up his own 250 bonus structure. I know he's got little kids and a family that depend on him, and that is his livelihood, so maybe he doesn't want to do it, but uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm anxiously, you know, awaiting what happens in this situation with that team and what they do with the 450 moving forward on the rest of the season. They get a fill-in rider for outdoor, but Supercross, if they want somebody on the bike, the best thing they can do right now is put RJ Hampshire on that bike. We'll find out what they do, I guess, this weekend when we get to Atlanta. Right now, I'm going to get up out of here. Going to talk to RJ when we get back. And then I'm going to drop some more dumb shittery on you. Some good old American dumb shittery next. And speaking of dumb shittery, LCR, Last Chance Radio, today, Moto Man, Bookie Kyle. Coming up, 3 o'clock right here on a 49. The Man Urge. Report! Yesterday, federal and local law enforcement agencies descended on a home outside of Boston, Massachusetts, where they arrested a 21-year-old man named Jack Teixeira. He is a member of the U.S. National Guard, and apparently he's the guy they say has been posting all of the classified information up onto a chat group, and they had no idea where it was coming from. They tried to figure it out. This guy is... Like I said, a member of the U.S. National Guard, he is based 
out of that area, and he works as a cyber transport systems journeyman. No word on why he did this at all to jeopardize national security of everything going on over in the Ukraine. But this guy is a douchebag, and we'll see what happens to him. Some people, of course, are already claiming he's a hero and he stopped World War III. I say he's a traitor douche, and he should be executed. But, you know, that's just me. I'm a little harsh. Congratulations to Magic Johnson. It looks like him and his business partners are the guys that are the winning bid for the Washington Commanders. Bidding just a little over $6 billion, they will be the new owners, according to reports. It is not official yet, but they have come to an agreement of terms, and Magic and his guys will take over the franchise from that douchebag Dan Schneider that everyone absolutely hates. All right, if you're one of those boring people that can sit through a boring-ass baseball game, you may have noticed it's a lot less boring this year, and here's why. A new rule change in Major League Baseball made it so pitchers can't take so damn long between pitches, and it sped the game way, way up and made it much more watchable for the casual fan. It's also made it way less of an income maker for beer sales because the game's going faster. So a lot of stadiums have already changed their beer sales rules to no longer cutting off in the seventh inning like everybody used to do and now they're going into the eighth inning and later depending on what ballpark you're in because they got to make a buck and the faster game has meant less beer sales the man entertainment with stretch big 49 it is a stretch show uh music i'm playing underneath me right now is joe wall song called life's been good there's a line in this song you made me think of it on this story right here that i'm about to tell you about he talks about his Maserati. He goes 185. He lost his license and now he don't drive. Well, let's get into this story right here. Because this is American dumb shittery at its finest. And this is right out of uh, Connecticut is where this is going down. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, is this guy a knucklehead. Norwalk, Connecticut. We got a guy. He's got a 19 Chevrolet Nova. And apparently it's fast as F. I'm going to go ahead and guess it's a straight line fast. You're not getting a Chevy Nova to do any sort of road racing, that's for sure. But it's a definitely probably a street racer. Uh, he's, guy takes it out and rips around in it. And he makes videos. And he puts them on social media. Yeah. Well, in his uh, Maserati that goes 185, he's got a Chevy Nova, and it does 133, and I think he's lost his license, and now he don't drive, because here's what he did. He made a video of himself, 18-second video, on a clearly marked section of Route 7 in Norwalk, Connecticut, where the speed limit is 55 miles an hour, and, well... He got out there and punched it and then kept the speedometer in his left hand and filmed it as it went up to 133 miles an hour. That's moving out. It's a good speed for the old Chevy Nova. And fast car, having fun, made the video, put it up online. Well, you know who looks at dumb shittery videos? The 5.0. And this guy, not only is he driving a pretty rare car, a 1970 Chevy Nova, you don't see a ton of those rolling around. It's in that area, 
And there is, on his right arm, some very unmistakable clear tattoos on his right arm. Filming with your left arm, driving with your right, and getting your speedo up. And so now they've got you and the car, and they've got highway signs, and they know exactly where you were. And, well, from information gathered over social media, state police were able to get the registration plate from the Department of Motor Vehicles, and they were to find a guy named Mr. Tavella, the owner of a 1970 Chevrolet Nova, and then they got a arrest warrant for him, and then they went and got him, and guess what he had when they got him? He had those tattoos on his right arm that are on that camera of that car going 133 miles an hour in 18 seconds. 18 seconds is, that means he just stayed in it. Because a quarter mile, you're only going to get in that car like that, probably 90-something miles an hour. You're not going to get going. And probably about a, I'm guessing it's running about a 13-second quarter mile, probably. At those, and then it got up to 133 when he stayed in for 18 seconds. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's just my street racing knowledge. I know a thing or 12 about that stuff. Yeah, so after they spoke to the guy when they showed up at his house, based on information obtained over the course of the investigation, they served that search warrant and called him and said, yeah, Mr. Tavella, remember we talked to you? Yeah, we got a warrant for your arrest. Do you want to just come here and turn yourself in? Or he wants to come pick you up. He said, I'll turn myself in. By the way, guess what his bail was? And this is a guy that cooperated with him fully. His bail was set at $100,000 after they arrested him. A $100,000 bail for taking your Chevy Nova and going 133. Now you lost your license and you got to go pee. That's what Joe Wall said. Wrote a new lyric for him. Yeah, that, that right there is American dumb shittery. Here's a little little tip. I'm gonna give everybody a tip. Uh, when you do anything that breaks the law, uh, if you film it, you're stupid. If you film it and post it on social media, you're gonna go to jail. You're gonna get caught. And if you do put it on social media, it better be a, an account that doesn't link back to you. I know as a guy, dude, I got almost in trouble with the law for putting up ghost videos on the 49. I had some from a place I worked, which shall remain nameless, which I have never, ever, 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 ever publicly acknowledged in my life. It's my biggest savior there. I've never said where I work and I never will. And it was haunted. And I was putting up the ghost videos I got from inside of there, which I shouldn't have been doing. But they don't want it out there that it's haunted. And I was putting it up there. And then people that work there started calling me going, awesome, dude. I love the ghost videos. I'm like, well, time for those to come down. So I took them all down. Now they're not up there. There might be one left on there. I don't remember. But there was there was a bunch up there early on when I first, when we first started the 49. I was just looking for content, going, I'll put some ghost videos up. I got a bunch of those. Yeah. Alright. My name is Stretch and my Volvo barely goes 75. I still have a license and I still drive. Uh tomorrow. I'm gonna drive myself out of bed right to this air chair and I'm gonna do super cross coverage with my knucklehead friends. Their names are Moto Man, Jason from HYR. Bookie Kyle. 
We're going to talk Moto. There's no more Demon. The Demon is gone. The Demon has left the building. Things are good. The energy is clear, and I think we're going to have a good day tomorrow. So join us at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and we will knock it out of the park. Give you everything you need to know about what's going on in Atlanta. Another Speedway Supercross race. Talk some more about this later on. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Round 13 of the Supercross is tomorrow at noon Pacific time on both the Peacock and regular NBC TV. So if you don't pay for the Peacock and you're a fan of the 49 and you want to hear what all this Supercross stuff is that we're always talking about nonstop here, check it out on Channel 4 right here in Southern California tomorrow at noon. It will be there. It is amazing. This Supercross motocross racing is really really good stuff and if you are up and around and a fan of the 49 lock it in at 10 a.m that's when we will start our pre-race coverage and get all of our picks and all of our odds making and our degenerate gambling on children and all of that great stuff will begin then so join us tomorrow right here on the big 49 starting at 10 a.m pacific time i'm stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now Big 49, it is a stretch show here on a Friday. Uh, just break down all the moto that we got going on and what we got this weekend. I know I talk about all this stuff in the moto minutes, but let's break it out for you now. I'm uh, going to head into the final hour next. Final hour will be a rerun of the Jet Lawrence interview that we did this morning. And then pack it up and get on out of here with the bro him. But here's what we got to look forward to tomorrow. It is 10 a.m. Pacific time coverage here on the 49. If you listen to us and you hear us talking about Supercross, Supercross, Supercross all the time, playing all these interviews, and you're like, what the F is this? I just like the rock and roll stretch, are we? Well, check it out at noon on NBC. This is typically you got to pay to watch it on the Peacock with a subscription, but not this time. It is also available on regular old broadcast TV, which is NBC4. At noon tomorrow, it's fun. It's really good. It's it's very very exciting. I, I love watching the Supercross. It is even when I wasn't super into it, I was a casual fan for a long time. And even if you don't know the storyline, you don't know who's in the points or what's happening, you still can go and just watch a race and be blown away at what these dudes can do on freaking motorcycles and the giant balls they have that they roll around in wheelbarrows before they get on those bikes, man. Is a death-defying business these guys are in, and man, oh man, are they, they are freaking Ironmen for sure, so it is good time. If you haven't watched a race this year, I would suggest watching this one. This one is different because it is a speedway race, but with that I mean it's on a speedway, like a NASCAR track in Atlanta. It's not inside a stadium like most Supercrosses, typically inside of like Anaheim Stadium here where they play baseball in a baseball or football stadium and that's where they are very few are on speedways and this is one of them daytona is at the daytona 500 track in florida and then atlanta is also on it now the later on this year we got something very unique when we have the super motocross season so we're going to go out of supercross season and then the motocross season motocross season are outdoor tracks that are really hard to watch to be honest with you because they're so big and they go 
out of the way. They're like watching uh, an indie race where they drive away, and then a few minutes later, oh, here they come, here, here they come, here they come. Where's the leader? Who's in, who's in front? It's a much harder to follow along on a motocross than it is supercross, because supercross, you can see everything at once. Much smaller track inside. But the outdoor stadiums are not even stadiums. They're literally like uh, Fox Raceway, Glen Helen are all outdoor tracks. You just go there and it's massive parking lot and huge grandstands and you sit there and watch as much as you can. And in the heat too, it's really hot. So that's coming up. And we'll have the Supercross season, the Motocross season. And then in September at the conclusion of the Motocross season, we will have three playoffs, which will all be at Speedway tracks. That's why I brought that up. They will all be at Speedway tracks and then it will end in the last one, which is back at a stadium, which is a large stadium known as the LA Coliseum. That's where the granddaddy of them all will be crowned. The first ever super motocross champion will be crowned uh, in the fall at the LA Coliseum. But it's going to be a good time. A lot of long straightaways, going to be a lot of speed. The uh, That southern dirt is different than the western dirt like we have out here. And there's going to be some sand. There's got gnarly dragons back. There's a lot of gnarly whoops. I think we're going to see some crashes this week. There could be people that you think are going to win that don't win because they go down. And that's another thing happens in this sport. Just a little crash. You jump back on the bike. You still have lost a race at that point. Typically, not as many crashes going on in auto racing as there are, especially these dirt bikes. Man, is it crazy. So we will get down and we will do all of that tomorrow. Today at 3 o'clock, it is Moto Man and Kyle. I'm going to pack it up now, get the Jet Lawrence interview back in here, and then I'm going to wrap it up and go home for a Friday. It's a big 49. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz taking a look at the track for the atlanta supercross this weekend and it is pretty unique remember it's another speedway nascar track so it comes from the same vein as the daytona supercross track but this one is different lots of whoops is the first takeaway i have in fact, there is a huge long straightaway of whoops followed by a 90-degree turn and another long straightaway of whoops right on the other side. A couple more areas that could be worrisome for some riders are a pretty massive sand section, which always seems to collect a lot of dudes, and also a pretty damn big dragon's back as well. We will see which section takes out more riders starting sometime today when they get out there for the media day rides. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's Stretch Show. Time to get on out of here. I thank you all so much for listening to us. Please tell your friends we are growing this thing. We are we are the mom and pop shop. We really are. I would be the pop. Moto Man would be the mom because he's a mofo. Um, here's what you got. If you are new to the 49, if you just joined us after last weekend, we met a lot of new friends out at Glen Helen. A lot of new people checking it out. We appreciate you. We're the only motocross rock radio station in the world. We are run by a bunch of old radio dudes. I was a radio producer, radio personality here in Los Angeles for a very long time. My last longest running show was at Star 98. I was the producer of Jamie and Danny. Then I became the co-host when Danny went through rehab for the ninth time or whatever it was and got fired. 
Then it was Jamie, Jack, and Stench. They called me Stench there because Jamie is me. She wouldn't call me Stretch because she's not nice. She's the devil. That woman's the devil. <laughs> I love you, Jamie. Uh, besides that, I didn't need the Stretch show because everyone calls me Stretch because that's my effing name. I did the Stretch show on the Maxim Magazine channel at Sirius XM for a good while, too. And then after that, I went and produced a the Jason Ellis show over at Sirius XM, and that dude's a douchebag, and I didn't like it. Did not stay there very long. It's a weird thing. I don't like, if you don't treat people right, like everybody, right? Like, what's up with you? called narcissistic personality disorder a lot of people on radio got it i do not i'm just an a-hole it's very different but i'm an a-hole to everybody it's universal not just to people that i feel are beneath me and it's kind of weird but anyway all of that is what we are and we moto man is a moto head he, the dude owns like 18 effing motorcycles i'm not even lying He's got a million hats here at the 49. I worked with him at Star. We worked together. So I met Moto Man 20-something years ago. And we got another partner who is a behind-the-scenes radio nerd as well. His name is Greg. He is freaking uh, Merlin the Wizard is what he is. Dude's freaking amazing. That's how we got this technology to do this thing. And then Moto Man put it all together because he's MacGyver. You give him a paper clip, a pack of rubber bands, and some soldering iron, and you got a radio station. And I'm not kidding. And then you take all the technology from our other, from our other partner, Greg. And then voila, we got something going on here. And we got all these idiots that love motocross. I love rock and roll. Pirate Radio is my favorite radio station I ever worked at. I love that station with all my heart. One of my first on-air experiences ever as a... 20 years old when I started on the air there. That was a long time ago. And a galaxy far, far away, but I've never lost the love of the rock. And now to be able to do rock like we want to do it and have fun and be smart asses and hang out with my friends. And we talk about motocross because no radio station talks about motocross. They just don't do it. There's a lot of moto podcasts. Yeah, podcast. And they all start popping up. We got podcast. We have podcast. Look at you on my podcast. So then I was like, you know what? You got a podcast? All right. Dick knob. I'll do a podcast. So now I take my show every day as soon as it's done. And I load it up as a podcast. And it's available everywhere podcasts are served. And it's got some pretty good moto content in it, if I do say so myself. It's also got some dumb shittery. And it's also got compelling radio because, well, that's what I do. That's where these podcast numbnuts can't compete. If you're a podcaster and you know how to talk about motorcycles, you can talk about motorcycles. Good. Not going to be able to do anything else. A little more versatile. So we're trying to grow the sport. We really do love the sport. And we're trying to bring more eyes to the sport. And we're doing everything we can to expand it. And bring kick-ass rock and roll back to the radio. So we are the best rock and roll radio station in Southern California. And the only motocross station on the planet so that's what you got I thank you for listening tell your friends because it is it is a small program that's it that's that's our crew outside of Jason from HYR Bookie Kyle and the CBiz and Gnarly Charlie going out and doing events for us that's our crew 
That's it. That's all we got. So, shout out to the small crew. Spread the word. I will talk to you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. right here on the Big 49 for races Supercross from Atlanta. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.